Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in the book of Hebrews. And last time we read uh, chapter 12. Now the last couple of verses of chapter 12. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude and offer to God pleasing service and acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is indeed a consuming fire. Now that is the end of chapter 12. Now we're ready to read chapter 13, which is the final chapter. And then I will do a summary. I may try to do a little better or a little different summary. Hopefully it will be better. Um, anyway, we will see. But I will be doing a summary of Hebrews. Um, Hebrews is really all about Jesus. Um, so much, so much so. Um, defining everything you know so much about the Lord and and what he means to us and I mean he was really the the writer here is really explaining all this for uh, the Hebrews the Jews but I mean it works just as well for us doesn't it? it it seems like it does so this is Hebrews chapter 13 I am reading from the Amplified Bible let love of your fellow believers continue do not neglect to extend hospitality to strangers, especially among the family of believers, being friendly, cordial, and gracious, sharing the comforts of your home, and doing your part generously. For by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Now you notice, he's talking about letting the love of your fellow believers continue. Do not neglect the hospitality to strangers. Now, this a lot of this in the Amplified Bible is added in little brackets, the especially among the family of believers, etc., etc. But if you read it without that, it's do not neglect to extend hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. So, and that that has happened. We know that has happened in the Old Testament. We know that has happened in the past. We don't know if that's happened in our time or not. We wouldn't necessarily have a way to know. But, again, the, the encouragement here is to be kind to everyone, okay? Especially to believers, but there's going to be a lot of times you meet somebody you don't know if they're a believer or not, and we should be kind to everyone. Sometimes I think, now and I, you know, it seems to me that sometimes we get caught up in, well, of course, we want to be kind to our fellow believers, our fellow Christians, and but only only our fellow Christians that are in our group and only you know, only the ones we consider to be our family. <laughs> you know what I mean? We we start narrowing this down, which this is and, and, and Paul says similar things in several places where this shouldn't be narrowed down. It's not supposed to be narrowed down. It's supposed to be a broad general thing where we are kind and show kindness to everyone regardless but nonetheless going to move on just wanted to point that out um, remember those who are in prison as if you were their fellow prisoner and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body and subject to physical suffering so we should treat others you know we should remember that we are also like others and we should feel 
you know, we should feel empathy for others when they're mistreated, if they're hurt in some way. I mean, you know, it's a physical thing and we should feel some empathy for them. Marriage is to be held in honor among all, that is, regarded as something of great value. And the marriage bed, undefiled by immorality or by any sexual sin, well, the reason is, if you're doing things correctly, if it's you and your wife, then there, you know, then there is no, there is no sin. There's nothing bad there unless, you know, uh, well, unless it's, you know, bad, abusive things that I don't want to get into. But, I mean, unless you're doing something harmful to each other against their will, you know, basically a husband and wife should be able to, you know, especially as a Christian, you, you shouldn't want to do the all the freakazoid things. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. There's a lot of hurtful, mean things that you know are in the wrong spirit, you know. Um, you know, you should be having a loving and caring uh, relationship even when it comes to, you know, sexuality. Anyway, I don't want to get into details over that. That's that would just be too uh, too much for me. I think uh, not my probably not my area anyway. But I mean, just it would be kind of embarrassing for me even to to talk about all of that. But uh, but anyway, we should honor marriage. That's one thing that's being eroded. It has been eroded and is being eroded over the past fifty, sixty years. Um, actually, probably even before then, but I mean, I have to go by what I've seen in my lifetime. And, and that's one thing I guess we need to remember is that we're talking about, a lot of times when I'm talking about things, I'm talking about in my lifetime, a lot of times the seeds or the problems started a long time ago, some things even hundreds of years ago. So... Let's see, so, for God will judge the sexual immoral and adulterous. Well, you know, you and your wife, you're not going to be, that's not adultery. You and your wife, there's nothing immoral if you come together and, you know, and, and have sex. And that's what, you know, that's what you're wanting to do. I mean, you know, and it's between the two of you. That's, that's the way it should be. Um, so there's nothing wrong there. And I think that's the purpose here is that we should hold that in honor and uh, we should realize that, you know, when, when it's, when you have, when you're married, that, that those things are to be expected and they're, they're good and right and that's in its proper place and in its proper way. That's why the bed is undefiled. It's, there's no, there's no sin there, you know, unless you bring something bad to that, you know, uh, and, and you would know something morally wrong, something of the wrong spirit. Anyway, continuing on with verse 5. Let your character, your moral essence, your inner nature, be free from the love of money. Shun greed. Be financially ethical. Being content with what you have. For he has said, I will never, under any circumstances, desert you nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake you, or let you down, or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Right, so here he's speaking about our character, our moral 
our moral nature, how we should be. We don't want to be, you know, greedy for money. We don't want to be. That leads to a lot of trouble that can lead to being unethical. And when we treat people in an unethical way or we act in an unethical way, that reflects badly on us and, and on Christians in general. And it is harmful to us in a personal way when when we allow ourselves to be consumed with greed. But one thing to remember, because sometimes people go to greed because of actual need. Okay, They become greedy because they've been in places of hard times where they had actual needs and it was very difficult and it was a very you know, uh, impactful thing on them. And we can understand that and sympathize with that, but you know we need to understand that even though we we go through hard times, that the Lord is always with us. He will not desert us. He will always make sure that there is a way for us to to have our needs met and to get through those times. So we don't want to turn to greed and act immoral just because we're having hard times. And I, I know that's that's saying a lot and that can make things really difficult um, we do have to look at things morally and ethically depending on our situation as we go through these hard times you know and then we have to make the right choices based on uh, based on the word based on what's correct and right that we can do and what we ought not to do we don't want to be harming others to better ourselves so we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently say, The Lord is my helper. In time of need, I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Now the in time of need, they kind of inserted, but basically this would usually say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Remember your leaders, for it was they who brought you the word of God, and consider the result of their conduct, the outcome of their godly lives and imitate their faith, their conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider of eternal salvation through Christ, and imitate their reliance on God with absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness. You know, in the old days they had to pass every, most everything anyway. They had some, I know they had some scrolls and parchments, but they passed a lot by word of mouth, and they had to really set the example by word and by deed and showing showing others how to live so they really had to set an example more so than we do even today though it's important that we do that today I think it's very extremely important that we do that today but nowadays we do have the Bible that we can go back to and rely on and you know make sure that we're doing correctly and and following the Lord. You know, that's that's our ultimate guide is the Lord. That's who we should be following is Jesus. But definitely if you see someone living upright, following the Lord, doing the right things, and you see them, you know, uh following like I say, following the Lord, they're not, you know, everything is, is in its right way and right place, that's fine to to also note them and note that they're doing that and and kind of you know maybe get some suggestions from them or find ways to improve your own walk maybe by talking to them some people um, are definitely better than others definitely better than me so <laughs> that's just the way it is 
So, all right. Do not be carried away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be established and strengthened by grace and not by foods, rules of diet and ritualistic meals, which bring no benefit for, or spiritual growth to those who observe them. So don't be pulled away into weird teachings. That there's nothing wrong with the food you eat. There's nothing wrong with... Uh, what uh, with enjoying the things in in this life as long as you're doing that in a correct manner and in the correct way of course we don't want to enjoy evil things so we're not talking about that at all but um, you know we don't want to be drawn off into strange teachings that are not from the Bible that are you know a lot of times you can be drawn off into cults and and cultish behaviors and and things that just aren't aren't good. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle, sacred tent, have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore Jesus also suffered and died outside the city gate, so that he might sanctify and set apart for God as holy the people who believe through the shedding of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp, bearing his contempt, the disgrace, and shame that he had to suffer. For here we have no lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. So here, he's encouraging us to leave. Now, he's really talking to the Hebrews, so in a way he's encouraging them. I'll read you the little note here. Encouraging them to leave the traditions of Judaism and the Levitical system and it, instead following Christ and adhering to the new teaching, the new covenant of Christ, to come out of our old, I look at it as us coming out of our old ways, out of our old sinful nature, and going to follow Christ. So he's encouraging us again to go and leave, sort of leave the world behind, you know, leave the city and go out to follow Jesus out in, the, out in the wilderness if you want to think of it that way because you could think of it that way but it's outside the city gate you're leaving and because we're not looking for an earthly city we're not citizens of an earthly kingdom we're citizens of heaven and we're still looking for the Lord's return and taking us on to that heavenly city Through him, therefore, and this is speaking of Christ, through him, therefore, let us at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Do not neglect to do good, to contribute to the needy. Now this, okay, here again, see, I think we sometimes we narrow this down. Let me read this. Do not neglect to do good, to contribute. For such sacrifices are always pleasing to God. Now here is the way this is read is is said if you read what's in the brackets in the uh, in the Amplified. Do not neglect to do good, to contribute to the needy of the church as an expression of fellowship. For such sacrifices are always pleasing to God. Now, I believe from everything I've read in especially in the New Testament recently in the past year since we've been doing this. That the intent is to give and contribute and help the needy. 
not with any not with any weird well not weird but not with any clarification not with any narrowing the scope down but to help the poor and the needy now and there's a number of ways to do that and there's a lot of good things we can do to help um, it doesn't need to only be the needy in the church or the needy in the congregation you know how much do we need to like hoard up and keep within ourselves you know before we say hmm you know we're we have a big abundance here kind of like one of the guys that's mentioned in Luke um, it's in chapter 16 I think it is let me look yeah no no it's chapter 12 I'm sorry the guy who has his storehouses full and so he breaks them down and builds bigger newer storehouses so he can just hoard up more you know at some point instead of hoarding up more you know we need to kind of try to share that out in the world help the poor and the needy and and set an example to them and you never know people sometimes that showing that love of God that love of Christ in an earthly normal mundane way sometimes that will bring people around that will get them thinking about that you know let them know that hey this is this is because we're a Christian we follow Christ and you know we want to help it might make a difference and I think that's part of the reason we're supposed to do that I think sometimes not always and not all sometimes we get focused on well we're just gonna help fellow Christians and then we say well we're just gonna help the Christians in our group well we're just gonna help our you know and we just narrow it down until we we kinda ruin the idea of it okay now I'm just throwing that out there I'm not saying everybody does that I'm not saying that's all the time I'm saying but it, it can and I believe it does happen alright so moving along oh well I forgot where I got to okay here we are Alright, so verse 17, Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you. For they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give an account of their stewardship of you. Let them do this with joy and not be grieved, not, pardon me, <clears throat> let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans, for this would be of no benefit to you. In other words, our you know our spiritual leaders like in our local congregation that would be like our elders, and we should try to follow. We should try to follow what what they set out, and and you know what they um, try to follow their example, and try to follow what they say. If um, you know, like currently with the whole mask thing and all of that, um, our elders have have pretty much said that you know it's. It's an inconvenience, but it's not It's not a big deal. It's not anything that's against God's teaching. We can all wear a mask and still have an appropriate church service. Um, so that has been something that has been, you know, discussed and talked about. And, and that's, the, that's how they decided to go and approach that, is that, you know, we can still wear a mask and try to follow what the, what the governor is asking us to do and still follow God and there's no real conflict so that we can do that and that's where we are and that's where we're going that's what we're doing so I think that's fine I think we should follow that and you know not really grumble or complain about that 
All right, keep praying for us, for we are convinced that we have a good conscience, seeking to conduct ourselves honorably, that is, with moral courage and personal integrity in all things. And I urge all of you to pray earnestly, so that I may be restored to you soon. Now may the God of peace, the source of serenity and spiritual well-being, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood that sealed and ratified the eternal covenant, equip you with every good thing to carry out his will and strengthen you, making you complete and perfect as you ought to be, accomplishing in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I call on you, brothers and sisters, to listen patiently to this message of exhortation and encouragement, for I have written to you briefly. Notice that our brother Timothy has been released from prison. If he comes soon, I will see you along with him. Give our greetings to all your spiritual leaders and to all the saints, God's people. Those Christians from Italy send you their greetings. Grace be with you all. So, whoever this was, they were, it sounds like they were in Italy. So, there is still some reason to think that maybe Paul wrote this, but it just doesn't quite sound like Paul. It really sounds like someone else in Paul's group. So, it's hard to tell. Nonetheless, this is the end of Hebrews 13. You'll notice he asked them to listen patiently and like to take their time and think about these things. You know, um, it's he asked for them to keep praying for them. You know, he he believes. He says, "For we are convinced that we have a good conscience, seeking to conduct ourselves honorably in all things." So, and that's that's the way we should be. We should be trying to conduct ourselves honorably in all things, and we should we should believe. Like when we're following God and doing the right things, and tr well, trying to do the right things. I mean, I know none of us are perfect, but we're trying to do the right things to think and 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 love one another like we should. We should we should believe that that is right, and that's the right conscience to have, and that's uh, the conscience that we should have with God. I guess that's what I was thinking, and. Uh, Anyway, so that is the end of Hebrews chapter 13, and it is the end of the book of Hebrews. So I'm going to go and do a summary of this. I may have another little uh, lesson or something before then, but I'm going to do a summary of this, and hopefully that will, hopefully that will be good and helpful. So I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And remember, God loves you.